Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard and Trevor Sikama from thedraftnetwork.com here on a beautiful Monday morning to talk about Trevor's favorite position on the football oh boy. field. Oh boy. Offensive lineman. Oh boy. The people have been clamoring for the big hog talk all summer long. <laughs> the big hog talk. And now we are finally here. This is the most anticipated moment in probably episode in Locked On NFL Draft history, wouldn't you say? It's really, it's really not. Mm, I don't. Yeah, I, before we got on air, this is a direct yes. quote from you. I couldn't <laughs> sleep last night because I was so excited <laughs> to talk about the big sexies. Some people oh, think offensive boy. line play is boring. I don't. I don't get it. It's so it's there's something to watch every snap. That's what I love no, about offensive watching offensive line linemen. No, offensive line play is awesome and it, it extremely necessary. I can't tell you extremely. how many times I will like break down a running back prospect or even like I'm actually noticing this now because Ronald Jones is is big talk down here in Tampa Bay, and the big boys just have not been able to block for him and. Every time I try to say something about Ronald Jones, people are just like, yeah, but the, the guys up front aren't blocking for him well enough. And it's like, look, man, I'm just trying to talk about Ronald Jones over here, okay? You got to <laughs> gotta just let me talk about Ronald Jones. And they're like, oh, but you... the big boys. So here we are. We're talking about the big boys, all right? We t- I tried to make a joke about Nick Chubb, and he looked tor- ter- terrible that first week in the preseason. Which Terrible okay. or horrible? You were trying to say both words. Both. It was that bad. Honestly, I was trying to combine them into horrible. a new word. It was that horrible. Um, but anyway, he, people were just like, yeah, offensive line sucked. I'm like, yeah, well, I know they've sucked. I've seen that. I'm just kidding. When I said something about picking the number 31 has consequences, which it does and it will. Oh, but, wow. It does. Wait, but, does it uh, ever? Yeah. But, uh, he has looked better the last two weeks. So now people are like, told you, I'm like, I knew it was, I was trying to make a joke, but it's fine. Good for him. Good for, and good for the people for calling you out. <laughs> you always take the you would take the people's side. <laughs> Jonah Williams yeah, is one of the tackles that we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're talking about Jonah Williams, Tyree St. Louis. I said that right, correctly, correct? Yes, St. Louis. Okay. And we are talking about Dalton Risner. Uh, hopefully, I said his last name right as well. I think I did. I, I don't think you can. You can't, that it's one hard, up. hard to mess that one up. Yeah, I think I've been fooled before, but I think it's hard to mess that one up. You really have. <laughs> Jonah, Williams, Jonah Williams is kind of a consensus top three guy, it feels like right now. like Top three in the position or top three no, in the class? No. Oh, in the class, yeah. Top oh, okay. number one in the position. I haven't seen anybody with a tackle over Jonah Williams. Anybody, you know, anybody that I know of that I would. Not, yeah, not until I haven't Tuesday. seen anyone, period, actually. Yeah. I was going to say people I respect, but actually even people I don't respect. <laughs> Jeez, man. Number one. So I haven't seen anyone that uh, has. Did you feel like it was that undisputed when you watched him? Like it was this is guy like no one's going to pass this guy up. Jonah Williams. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, I, so we're in the same boat. So I, when we've been doing this series, uh, Jesus, we've been doing this a long time now. This this scouting series it feels like we've been doing this forever. When I, think I, I was twenty six when we started. When when, <laughs> when I uh, now you've got a beard, you're an old man. Honestly, uh, your kids have all grown up and got out of the house. Feeling um, it, man. Life's so different. as as we've kind of gone through and watched different prospects on both sides of the ball, there have been and and if you guys have been following us on, on this on this sc- scouting journey, you've heard me say like, 
man, we were watching this defensive mm-hmm. end, or like for example, like Cleveland Farrell, and I'd be like, yeah, but Jonah Williams, like he just catches my eye when I'm I've been watching these other guys, and so it was good to finally be able to watch him and him alone. And I thought he was good. I thought he was really good. Um, I, I didn't. I don't know if he was like this guy that's never going to be unseated as the top offensive tackle prospect, but certainly in what seems like a down tackle class, I think he's certainly going to, for the next year, be the guy that one of certainly one of the guys that we talk about as a tackle. Actually, somebody did mention Jonah Williams as OG one. Our boy Greg Gabriel said Jonah Williams could be. Guard. I didn't even say number one. Actually, I mean, like, I, I, yeah, I sure. I guess. I mean, I, I guess he could play guard. I don't know. Here's why I don't get that. It's not because I think Jonah Williams is unbelievable tackle prospect that should never move positions. What are we? What are we moving him for? Because he doesn't have the longest arms. That's true. But like, nothing about Jonah Williams' game screams guard. You know, nothing about his game screams needs to be in smaller spaces. Uh, nothing about his game screams is at his best in close quarters, hand-to-hand combat, uh, where power is more important, which is on the interior. That, not, that's not his game. Like that, That's not what he does well. In fact, if my biggest knock on Jonah Williams, I don't think he's super aggressive or physical. I think he's a great technician. I think he knows exactly what he's doing at the position. I don't think he dominates people. No, I, I would agree. And I yeah. think that's a concern. I mean, not a concern as in like, don't draft this guy or anything, but like, right. Sure. He, to me, he's more Jake Matthews than he is Joe Thomas, who is, who, which is who he was being compared to last season during. Yeah. Let's, season. yeah, let's calm down on comparing anybody to Joe Thomas. That'd be great. Yeah. I get let's, it a little bit because like Joe Thomas didn't have these unbelievable traits, like wasn't the longest tackle or anything, but he was super technical, and then he won that way. And I think Jonah Williams, it will be somewhat the same. So I get that, but there's just not a lot of – like Joe Thomas is an arc of success for players that don't have great physical traits. Sure. It's like smart. it's like comparing every 285-pound defensive tackle to Aaron Donald. Yes. Let's exactly. calm down. Right. You know? right. Um, so I, I obviously agree on most of the assessment that you have of Williams. Did you think he had heavy feet? I didn't think he had heavy feet. I just don't I, think he's super explosive. I feel like, okay, that might be fair. That might be what I'm looking at because you know the technicalities of offensive line play better than I do. But when I watched him, I thought I thought that he always had a pretty wide base, which was good because I thought that he balanced out power coming at him really well, even though I do agree with what you're saying. He wasn't necessarily like overly aggressive, almost like a bulldozer guy. I thought he dealt with power pretty well, and I thought that was because I never saw him be like off balance with his base, but I also felt like he was like, like stomping the ground like every time he tried to like shuffle his feet, and it kind of made me notice. And I was like, man, is he, does he like just have like a heavy, heavy feet kind of a thing? Is that mm. that? I don't love offensive tackles with heavy feet. It's not like yeah. a, it's not a super big deal to me, but you know, you obviously want to be quick because you know, for example, and I'll just use the example that we saw. Um, you were talking about this yesterday on Twitter. I, I saw you going back and forth with somebody. It was Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb doing a rep against um, Trent Williams from yeah. from uh, the Washington Redskins. Redskins. And Chubb is just like full, like whole time, full speed, trying to beat him around the edge. And Williams had to seriously shuffle to, and he did a really good job of mm-hmm. beating him, basically never giving him that corner and eventually pushing him behind the pocket and the throw was 
was made and it was never interfered with. And so like when I watch Jonah Williams and I'm watching obviously left tackles, I see in my mind, in the back of my mind in the NFL, these speed rushers that are going to want to do stuff like that. And so right. like when I saw Jonah just like stomping the ground all the time, I like it because like, hey, it's it means that every time that his feet touch the ground, he's got a chance to like anchor and be able to to go up against power pretty well. And I actually think that he did that pretty well against Cleveland Farrell. But I thought he was – I thought he was – Cleveland Farrell is actually like – if you were to give him an elite matchup in college football, yeah. one that Jonah Williams would want to have, it would be Cleveland Farrell. So that didn't really help me out much because Farrell isn't speed bend. Right, right. So kind of my notes there. You can you can deal with those however you want. So. No, I think those are some fair points. I See, I didn't see the stomping the ground thing, but maybe other people did, and that's why they're talking about him as potentially a guard because they don't think he has the range in those set points. I think he has range in his set points. Like, I think if you give him a wider technique, he can get out to that wider technique. So you're talking about different types of sets, basically, as a as a uh, as an offensive tackle, whether it's a 45-degree set, which is typically used when you have a little bit of a wider technique and you have to get out to him, or a vertical set, which can be more of a tighter technique. A lot of the time using a vertical set, you've kind of got, got some outside-inside protection in that way. But I would say that for vertical sets, that's often what you see in college football, I think. Uh, Jonah Williams definitely knows what he's doing, but he can alter those sets too. I don't know that Alabama asked him to a ton, but I've seen examples of when he's done it as well. Like Florida State game was another good one to watch because there were some more speed bend guys. He didn't see Josh Sweat a lot, but he saw Brian Burns a lot. And for the most part, did a really nice job on Burns. Uh, and there's a couple reps here and there where you're like, man, does he, is he quick enough to get to the edge? But I think he is. I think it's just a matter of him understanding where he needs to expand his set points a little bit more and use more 45 sets again I don't think they're used a ton in college football from what I've seen and then obviously jump setting people is what you know Quentin Nelson for example made a living off of that you don't see that a lot with Williams either but it's a little you see it at times actually I shouldn't say that because Alabama will use some passing concepts that have him doing jump sets but for the most part you know I think that when he was asked to do those different sets he showed up very well and and I think that he has the range to be able to accomplish all those. My biggest thing with Jonah Williams is, again, it's that finishing and it's that because he does he find the range. Like, I didn't see him make any real impact in the run game. You know, like he can get down to the second level and cover guys up, but he doesn't really create movement at the point of attack. Um, and I think that he doesn't really fully – How's, how's the best way to say this is that he doesn't really fully dominate a 1v1 rep like he doesn't really he doesn't erase his guy from the play I guess there's like a chance who are guys, for who guy are guys that did play. like recently in recent years like prospects that did that like loved. when they did it and they didn't have the same consistency for example as Jonah Williams sure. but like Garrett Bowles eliminated targets now he I don't I think Jonah Williams is a better all-around prospect but that aspect of the game I thought when Garrett Bowles like he was running his feet he was doing everything he could to finish his block. Pass protection, sure. run blocking, um, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, but is that just a coach thing or? I don't know. So, I mean, Bulls obviously had nasty streak. Everybody knew that. Um, so that one was was easy to see. You know, McGlinchey wasn't a finisher, but he knew how to finish a block. Like, he wasn't a finisher as in, like, he'll he'll dump you on the ground like Quentin Nelson was, but he knew how to take you out of the play. And, and like, he understood – he could create movement at the point of attack. Let's say that. Um, and I think that's not something Jonah Williams does super well in the run game. So 
you know, pass protection is the most important thing in the NFL. I think for the most part, Jonah Williams is going to be a stud at that. And I think what he what he doesn't do great right now, he'll keep getting better at. Um, again, not great length, so you do see him get outreached at times, but body posture and body control are really good. I'd like to see a little more suddenness. There are things Jonah Williams can work on. I guess that's the main thing we keep coming back to. Mm-hmm. Like, he is not this god offensive tackle prospect, in my opinion. That doesn't mean but he's a bad player. He's a good right, player. Right, but obviously <laughs> really good baseline, I think, going into yes, his final. Yes, yes, great. And, yeah, I have not seen anyone better than him yet. We've got a couple. We're watching, what, Trey Adams tomorrow from Washington, David Edwards from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and I think Greg Little as well from Ole Miss. So uh, we've got some guys to watch still. But, um, okay, Dalton Risner, Kansas State kid, right tackle. I like him, man. I do too. I don't I really know whether like he'll play tackle or not. I just he's didn't. played. I think all. I think every position on the offensive line. I think. Oh, has he played center too? I think he played center in 2016 a little bit. Okay, all right, good research there. Yeah, okay. I think it could be totally wrong. So oh, maybe, maybe you're you know, making it up. I might be making it up just to sound smart. That's no, no, completely no, I, fine with me. We right. welcome that on the podcast. <laughs> six five three hundred i don't know he doesn't look that long to me and he and I, i'm less saying what i think dalton Rizzer can do in the nfl and i'm more saying i think the nfl is going to move him inside i don't think he's that long i don't think that he's that explosive and i don't i don't i would worry about him a little bit in his range and it's kind of the cody whitehair thing that's honestly i kept coming back to cody whitehair and i think whitehair was probably a little bit of a better athlete than risner but i just kept thinking i just don't like it doesn't. Cody White are a great tape of tackle. He just didn't have the traits to like play there. Like they did, NFL didn't love his traits to play there to com, to convert there from college to the NFL. I don't know. I don't know. What we'll see with Risner. I think he he played center player. in 2015. By the way. Okay. All right. So so he so did. Right. right. Yep. He's he started 13 games at center as a redshirt freshman. He is super smart. He his yeah. mental processing is great. His technique is great. I like I didn't him a lot, see, man. Like overwhelming power or anything, but I th- I saw a player who was working to finish. Good. I like him a lot. Yeah, I, I thought he had I thought he had great chemistry with his offensive line. I thought when people were coming at him with different kinds of stunts and things like that, where he would have even delayed blitzes, it was just seamless from him, either helping out blocking one guy and scooting over and picking up the other. I thought that he was. I thought he chemistry in that aspect i thought he was good at picking up things like you said very smart offensive lineman i really did not see him get moved that much um you know you know offensive line traits you can see them a little bit easier than i can i kind of i i know them when when they're glaring uh when they're glaring problems obviously mm-hmm. but man when i watch a guy's tape like Dalton risner i i don't know i i like him a lot and you're saying that my movement side i guess i could totally get that but I just think he's going to be a really good offensive lineman either way, where he play yeah. whether he plays inside or whether he plays right tackle. I don't know about left tackle because, like you said, you got you got to ha- you got to really have a lot of the traits nailed mm-hmm. down. A lot of the things that those length or or body composition are things that you truly like can't teach. You've got to be able to have that to play left tackle in the NFL. So maybe he's a right tackle. I don't know, but I, I love this tackle tape. I really did. Yeah. And so um, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm I'm re- I'm really high on this guy. The tough part for him was the level of competition is so much worse than Jonah Williams. And I don't just say because fake football conference, Big 12. Fake football. But, what I mean, how many good edge rushers come from the Big 12? I mean, we just, you know, we don't see, you know, the SEC is cranking them out, man. I mean, Jonah Williams last year saw Arden Key, 
Brian Burns and Josh Sweat, some too. Uh, Cleveland Farrell. I mean, yep. he saw Okoronkwo, who uh, actually Risner did see. You know, I mean, so I mean, no, no, wait, he didn't see Okoronkwo. I lied. I made that up. Well, I was wishing Oklahoma was in the national championship game, but they weren't. He saw Davin Bellamy, though, <laughs> Lorenzo Carter. You know, I mean, he's, yep. uh, so it was just to me, it was just this incredible, like, man, any game you put on. I mean, we have Montez Sweat was mostly on the other side, but, you know, so, I mean, it, it just. Every game there was a good, like a great matchup for Jonah Williams, like different types of players, and I mean you get to Dalton Risner's tape, and it's like okay, they're playing Central Arkansas and they're playing Charlotte out of conference. He dominated dudes though. I mean, yes, he did. Oh nope. yeah, absolutely. It's not a takeaway from him. It's just that yeah. edge rusher traits get way different when sure. you get to better levels of competition, man. I mean, it is from a traits perspective that will be the question mark with him is that. Okay, he handled these guys fine, but even the best guys in his conference, Brecken Hager uh, at, at Texas, and you know uh, Ben Banigal from uh, TCU, Okoronkwo even most of the time play on the other side typically, and he's on the right side. By the way, Scott France, the left tackle, I think he's a stud too. I know we don't, I don't even know if yep. we're gonna have time to get to him this week, but man, he yep. he was terrific technically in the games that I watched. So, yep. and I think you your center. They're saying you know, somebody we got to talk about. I mean, I, I really like about Dalton is he seemed he seemed generally like pumped when his teammates made a good play. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't remember what game I was watching, but there was a play where they ran inside zone and sprung the running back, and he just he went all the way to the house. And it was like sixty yards, and the second Risner hits his block. And he knows this dude's gone. He's got like both hands in the air, like j- like fist pumping, like jumping. And I don't know. I just I, I really like that. And because playing offensive line, I feel can be so taxing for a lot mm-hmm. of these dudes that it truly feels like like it's a gr- like I, it's a grind for a lot of these dudes. Sometimes they get exhausted with it. And, and he seems like a guy who generally gets pumped up to play offensive line. Right. And that's not always the case with guys. Right. And so whenever that's a thing. I take note of it. To to compare that, and it, again, we're, we're not trying to make up something massive here, but I don't think that was always evident. Like, watching Jonah Williams, you didn't always see that as much. Now, it's not really a knock so much. Like, some guys don't wear their emotions in their sleeve. That's fine. But I think that the types of players that you're talking about tend to get results uh, in the NFL, uh, especially when they have the technique and development that Risner has. And I just think he's a for-sure starter. And that that right there on the offensive line is hard enough to find. So yep, I really love to stay. But I would I would love to see him play. You know, some better competition. I is he still on the right side this year? I believe, right? I'm sure that France is going to stay on the left. So you it's know? interesting because guess who Kansas State plays out of conference this year? Mississippi State and Montez oh, Sweat man. lines up right across from him. September eighth, that game is going to be one to circle. Huge. Play. It's going to be really fun. Not only that. But their center, what's his name, Holtorf for Kansas State? Oh, Adam right, Holtorf, yeah, yeah. I think, yep. And is going to be against Jeffrey Simmons. And Jerry Green is the other edge. Sweat moves around. He plays both sides. Jerry Green's the other edge for Mississippi State, and he's talented as well. And France is going to see some of him, and as well as some of Sweat. So if you've been waiting to evaluate Sweat and Risner, that's going to be a game to circle. Circle plus Texas, you know, I think if they move Brecken, I, I can't even say his last name. Brecken, whatever his name is, the dude with long hair, awesome hair, uh, Tarzan. Uh, he, if they move him around some, that, that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, Banigal uh, is probably mostly plays across from France, but so we'll get to see some things this year. Uh, so yep. I'm excited. It's going to be good teaching tape. Um, 
Who's our Tyree St. Louis from yep. Miami? I really liked him. I liked him a lot. I didn't expect to like all three offensive tackles. I'm really picky when it comes to offensive line play. I mean, every year I hate like three of the top five NFL, the guys the NFL like. So I, I like Tyree St. Louis. I think he has great physical traits, crazy explosive out of his stance, but also too often the last guy out of his stance. I don't know if you sure. noticed that. So, yeah. So, um, he looked, I, I watched, I can't remember what the first game I watched of him was, but he looked super raw. He just looked like a super raw guy. And I thought to myself, I was like, how long has he been playing football? So I went back and I looked up a couple of things. He went to, he ended up going to IMG and they did a little interview with him and I watched a little sit down interview with him. And he says that when he was a freshman in high school, he'd never played football before, never, but he was six foot four, 270 pounds as a freshman in high school. And before he, I think he said he was he was like three games into his high school career ever playing high school football. He got a scholarship offer from he didn't say what school it was, but then he actually kept playing, moved up to varsity, all that kinds of stuff, played for the next two years. And even he said himself, he's like, I was awful. I was he's like, I was terrible at football, but I, I kept getting little scholarship offers because I was huge. Ends up going to Miami, um, obviously cleaned up his his. Uh, then he went to IMG and they kind of got him on the right track to get a scholarship. Then he goes to Miami. And so I kind of see that. I see that background playing into who he is as a prospect currently, because when I watch him, there are like a, a lot of like little things and just natural nuances to playing football. Like if somebody plays football their entire life, they just have down. I feel like he doesn't quite have those down yet. I don't know how much that worries me. Since he's draft eligible now, and I still don't see it, like being the last guy out of his stance, or I think like you can tell sometimes, you know, I talked about this before the podcast started, but like one of my complaints with him was his feet are super fast, and I like that for a big guy. Obviously, when you're nimble on your feet as a a man his size, it's kind of impressive, but I feel like there are times where I'm literally watching him think in a rep move my feet, move my feet, move my feet, move my feet. And the defender actually comes at him and does something a little different and it gets like the better of him. And he's got to like recover from it or something. So like, it's almost not natural for him yet, but that was just, that. those are, that's kind of what jumped out to me as potential complaint. I also thought that his base, like, like he's got a, like he's got a big butt, right? but like, then it goes really narrow at his feet. And I, I, I always, I always, this is this, this is a Tim Settle thing too. I always worry about those guys with balance, just because uh, coming personally from a guy who has like zero calf muscles, um, <laughs> you like it's it's tougher to balance when you get knocked off, especially mm-hmm. when you have when you are top heavy the way that offensive and defensive linemen are. So that always. That always makes me wary of, of trench guys who who narrow out a lot. In I their thought base, that too with uh, him, but I didn't see him get pushed around a lot. So I was I did not nearly as much as like say like Settle was last year or something like oh, that. Yeah, it's just right. that will always be in the back of my mind when I watch him. Right. So. I think that he has really good traits, you know. Um, and I don't think he's. I do think he's raw. I think you're right about that, but I don't think it's to the point where you know. I wonder if he knows what he's doing on the field. You know, I think that uh, there's. I think there's certainly times where excessive, excessive movement of his feet are there, where yeah. I'm like, you probably get eliminated a step or two, like, right. you know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's just yeah. like, chop, 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 yeah, chop. yeah, exactly. Like, He's the, like, the guy's like, okay, very intense gonna... in his demeanor. I like that. Didn't really yeah, finish people, okay. you know. He's a big. He, he's tall. Like I, 
I didn't feel like he had great bend in the lower half in the run game, but Miami runs a ton of zone. I don't know if that's even a great fit for him. I, I like it because he's explosive out of his stance, so I think it could be a great fit for him, but his footwork's really messy in zone. Um, so there's work needed there. But, man, when they ran outside zone, just his ability to, like, open up and run. When he does time up the snap, his ability to open up out of that out of that, on that outside zone and just open that front hip and really hook that, that uh, front side defender, you know, that was interesting. You know, that was – that was exciting. Like to see that type of ability. I thought that, you know, this guy can, this guy's real tools and he plays hard. Like he plays hard. He's physical. Um, there was a couple, there was one play against Clemson where they had a four eye technique. A guy, the guy kicked over from a, from a, he was a, he was in a, he was on uh, his outside shoulder. He was on uh, St. Louis outside shoulder and he kicked down to a four eye and they slid like a safety outside as a wide nine outside of the tight end. It was to St. Louis's right. So mm-hmm. he's on a vertical set against, I think it was a safety. It was either safety or a linebacker at Clemson. They're basically the same thing. These guys are all, they, their linebackers are safety size. The guys that they play on the edge and stuff, Travis Banks and Dorian O'Daniel. We call those ATH in NCAA 14, John. Oh, okay. Scouting yeah. athletes. That's who it was. It was a pure athlete on the outside as a nine technique. Now he has the tight ends release into his route and he has to get back there in a vertical set. So it really it depends on how you get off the snap. He got off the snap well, which was a great first step for him. The the dude, the linebacker or whatever it was, the, the ATH, this dude jumped the snap perfectly. Like, I just paused the tape. I was like, head and shoulders are like past the offensive line on like its first step. So I'm like, there's no way. Like, he's cooked. There's nothing he can even do. It's not even really his fault. They get a wide nine technique and the tight end's not even chipping them. It's it's curtains. Dude got back there, covered some crazy ground in his kick slide and saved the day. And Rozier was 10 yards deep and he was able to get a nice piece of him, push him up the arc. (laughs) I mean, it was tough. The old 15 step drop. (laughs) It was it was deep drop and and St. Louis got enough of them to to save the day. And I wasn't wasn't beautiful, but in my head, I was like. That's making it work when things aren't perfect against a super explosive jump off the ball. That's a good, good rep. And I think it's only going to get better from there. So senior year, yes, it's got to come together in a lot of ways. The run game stuff, I think, needs some work. But there's ability here with St. Louis. Like, there's exciting ability. Not many guys that are that explosive that also play that hard. So I thought he I thought he shut down Austin Bryant. I'll be awesome. I, thought, I, I, I don't even think... Brian is that great? I thought he shut him down. So that's a good matchup to have in your back pocket. I thought that was a really good game game for him. So got to see some more. I'm going to watch some more this week. Coming up on tap on the Draft Network this week, Trevor, we've got a lot of fun and exciting things. Fun Today, and exciting. Joe's, not a lot of sleep. Not, not a, lot a lot of sleep. Very for any little of sleep. We will sleep a little bit more, I think, once the college football season is underway. That sounds funny to some people, but September and October, things start to chill out a little bit. A uh, little bit. But uh, today we got Joe's mock draft dropping. Joe Marino's mock draft. Make sure yes. you check that out over on the site. Uh, he's got his first mock draft of the year. That's going to be a fun one with the college football season. Well, it's already technically underway, um, but uh, with the big games around the corner here in a couple days, uh, we've got top 10 positional rankings from you and me and Trevor and Kyle. And they're going to be a Trevor, little different. So you you yes, said that's you meant true. to say, <laughs> you meant yeah. to say Joe. <laughs> 
Trevor's going to actually release two different editions in I case am. he's wrong. Yep. <laughs> but uh, we were we will have those, and it will be different than our top fives that we've given out on the show because we've watched more tape of a lot of these guys. So, you know, the, the more recent ones we've done will be pretty similar, like wide receivers. But um, we'll have some different takes than what you heard earlier in the summer, and we'll have top tens, not top fives. So it'll be exciting uh, to be able to check some of these guys out and, and launch our top tens, and you'll kind of have an idea where we're at on players heading into the season. Then we drop our top 50 big boards. Kyle's will come out on Wednesday. Uh, mine will be on Thursday. Uh, yours will be on Friday, and Joe's will be on Saturday. So we'll have top 50 big boards coming out all throughout the week and, of course, the games uh, Saturday. Then this week as well, we release the Consensus Draft Network Big Board, uh, which is kind of a accumulation of all of our thoughts and feelings on players that will be ridiculously lengthy uh, and extensive and, of course, linked to all of our scouting reports that we have up on the site as well. We're about to hit 320 scouting reports up on the site. So all that to say, college football is now underway, and if you're not checking out the Draft Network, you're missing out on some really good content and a lot of hard work from some, from, from some quality analysts. I think I think quality is an okay word to use here, right? Yeah, I mean, often you know, most wrong, of us, most often of us. wrong, but quality <laughs> put the work in grinders. So make sure you guys check that stuff out. It's going to be a fun week over at the draft network. Tomorrow we talk about David Edwards, Trey Adams, and somebody else. else, some other dude. Oh, Greg little, Greg little, Greg little from Ole Miss. I've already watched him. So I understand why I forgot about him until Thanks. then <laughs> keep it locked right here on lockdown NFL draft.